All right. The premier is going to talk about stage one tomorrow of reopening the province. And we're going to do it slowly, uh, unlike what's going on right now south of the border. That has Dr. Fauci extremely worried about reopening America too soon. And it has a lot of people worried about what's going to happen when we uh, lift the border restrictions on Canada and the U.S. Uh, some people are really nervous that, you know, they don't have it under control, COVID-19, in the States. And uh, this could be worrying for our safety if we open those borders. Um, let's hear Fauci yesterday talking about how they should slowly reopen. There is a real risk that you will trigger an outbreak that you may not be able to control, which in fact, paradoxically, will set you back not only leading to some suffering and death that could be avoided, but could even set you back on the road to trying to get economic recovery. Now, Rand Paul pushed back on Dr. Fauci. As much as I respect you, Dr. Fauci, I don't think you're the end all. I don't think you're the one person that gets to make a decision. We can listen to your advice, but there are people on the other side saying there's not going to be a surge and that we can safely open the economy. I have never made myself out to be the end all and only voice in this. I'm a scientist, a physician, and a public health official. I give advice according to the best scientific evidence. And we really better be very careful, particularly when it comes to children, because the more and more we learn, we're seeing things about what this virus can do that we didn't see from the studies in China or in Europe. So I want to jump off that thought here. This week, Governor of New York State Andrew Cuomo said that they're investigating at least 85 reported cases of what many are calling pediatric multisystem inflammatory syndrome, and it's potentially associated with COVID-19. Dr. Jake Kleinmahan is a pediatric cardiologist at Oxner Hospital for Children in Louisiana, and he joins the show right now. Welcome to the program, doctor. Uh, thanks, Kelly. Thanks for having me. Can you describe pediatric multisystem inflammatory syndrome and why it's believed to potentially be associated with COVID-19? Yeah, so what this is is basically a, a syndrome that we're seeing that is causing the body's immune system to go into overdrive. And we're seeing inflammation in all parts of the body, including, including the heart, the coronary arteries, which supply blood, blood supply to the heart muscle, the kidneys, um, the liver. Um, and most of these patients are either testing positive for, for COVID or they're having positive antibody tests, meaning that they, they had exposure to the virus in the past. Um, they may not be actively having a viral load, um, but the body response to it has gone into overdrive. Right. And so does this mean that you're, uh, when we look at those antibodies, that they are attacking in a more extreme way than they would in, in an adult's case? But what the antibodies tell us is really just that someone has had the infection. Um, we don't have enough information yet to know exactly the link between the antibodies and um, what's causing this hyper-response in the immune system. Um, and, and that's why we're, we're working together, uh, not only nationally, but internationally, to gather as much data as possible um, and able to, to take care of these patients that we thought for a long time were really at really little risk to developing um, severe disease from COVID. Yeah, the illness, this is the same illness that bears resemblance to what we're hearing. Uh, it's a rare condition called Kawasaki disease. How does this differ from Kawasaki disease, though? 
Yes, there, there are many similarities with Kawasaki disease. Kawasaki disease um, is really a very similar syndrome that has prolonged fever, rash, um, red eyes, cracked lips, peelings of the hands and feet. Um, and what that typically causes is inflammation of the coronary arteries around the heart um, and can cause it to dilate and in severe cases to form blood clots because of the dilation. Typically with Kawasaki disease, you don't have a pathogen or a virus that you can identify that's causing it. So in this case with COVID, um, we're seeing similar symptoms, uh, but we, we're also seeing the virus or evidence of past infection. So can I assume from that that Kawasaki disease is genetic somewhere? Um, nobody really knows. Um, it's, hmm. it's thought to be probably multifactorial. Um, there are definitely seasonal, seasonal variations um, that some people think that um, there may be a, a viral link to it, but no one's really identified a virus um, that can be attributed to it. Um, so like this new inflammatory um, syndrome, there are also a lot of unknowns about Kawasaki disease. I understand this is especially concerning, this pediatric multisystem inflammatory syndrome, because it could be easily missed when trying to diagnose a child. Why is that? The, the reason is because children aren't presenting uh, like the typical COVID symptoms that we've, we've heard about with the adults, the respiratory symptoms, um, the fevers, um, the extreme fatigue. Some of our patients are really just presenting with abdominal pain is their primary symptom. Some of them are febrile, uh, but some of them are not. So if you're, if you're not really looking out for this, um, you could think that a patient has a normal GI bug um, and send them home when not really investigating what's going on in the rest of their body. Um, I understand that you dealt with a 12-year-old whose heart stopped for two minutes. Is that correct? And can you tell us a little bit about her story? Yeah, um, fortunately, she's done quite well and, and made a, a full recovery. Uh, but when she presented, she presented with three days of abdominal pain and nausea. Um, and actually, the conduction system in her heart um, was totally malfunctioning. The, the top chamber of her heart wasn't communicating with the bottom chamber of her heart. Her heart function was very poor. And um, because of this and because of evidence of other organs, failing. Um, she was intubated and put on a ventilator. Shortly after that, she actually went into cardiac arrest, um, was resuscitated uh, very quickly. And then as she was getting um, into the Ochsner flight team helicopter um, to bring her to us, she also had another um, cardiac arrest. She was brought to us and um, we were prepared with our whole team and supported her. And, and fortunately, after four days being on a ventilator, um, she was able to have the breathing tube out. Her heart conduction went back to normal, as well as the function of her of her heart, her liver, and her kidneys. And she's doing quite well at home now. I, you know, hearing a case like that, it, it would make people worried about the idea of a possibility of going back to school. We're going to find out, you know, some of our provinces here have started to open up schools and send their kids back because they think that the risk with COVID and children isn't that high. Now, this is an extremely high risk. Um, if, if it escalates to this, how much warning do you get before a child's condition escalates from the point of abdominal pain to full-on organ failure? 
Uh, it's hard to know because we're still in real infancy of, of discovering this, this syndrome, but um, some cases have been been rather rather quickly. Um, and one of the things that Auctioner is doing is we're working with local schools to, to have plans um, for reopening and to make sure that when kids do go back to school, um, that everybody is aware of, of the possibilities and can react quickly and, and, and have our kids learn in a safe environment. Because a stomach ache might not be a stomach ache. It could be this syndrome. So what should parents know when, when they are, you know, looking out for their kids when it comes to the health of their children? Well, I think first thing, you know, as we've been saying all along, the, the same preventative strategies that we've been using still apply. So social distancing, not having large groups of people around. If people are sick, they should be staying away. Um, wearing masks when you're in public places. And then probably the most important thing is frequent hand washing or using a hand sanitizer. Um, the the advice that I tell to parents is that if your child seems sicker than they normally would with a normal stomach bug or uh, a normal cold, um, then they should they should see their, their pediatrician or whoever their medical provider is, or, or if severe, go to the emergency department. It sounds like there's still a lot to learn with COVID and, and children. Yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, keeping us reading literature and talking to each other at all hours of the, of the day and night. All right. Well, with that in mind, I know you're a busy man, so I'm going to leave it at that. And thank you very much for your time, Dr. Kleinmahan. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much. Cheers. That's Dr. Jake Kleinmahan. He's a pediatric uh, cardiologist at Oxner Hospital for Children in Louisiana, talking about um, this pediatric multisystem inflammatory syndrome that actually could lead to um, multiple organ failure. It's a terrifying thought.